Welcome to Courageous Womanhood with Shalice Allen Millett, where we believe every woman has a story to tell. I have been so fascinated with how we as women, um, like how our hair defines us, yeah. how we really how we really think about right. it. It's not just you. Right. I think most women do. Um, a few years back, maybe this is jumping to what you wanted to talk about, but after I after my twins died, one of the grieving rituals of, of a few, it's actually a few cultures, but of the Jewish, Jewish culture mm-hmm. is that they'll grow their hair and then they'll cut it as, as like a, a symbol of their grief, their grief journey. And it looks a little different in, in lots of different cultures, but the hair growing of the hair and the cutting it is a, is a part for a lot of different cultures. So after I had my twins, I decided I'm going to grow my hair for a year, and then I'm going to cut it really short. Wow. And I did that. <coughs> and, and cutting my hair really short was really, really scary for me. <laughs> I hadn't had really short hair in a long time. And since then, I've, pre- I've kept it pretty short since then. But um, our hair, it's a thing. It's yeah. a thing. It's a thing for us yeah. women. Yeah, yeah, And it doesn't need to be. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Like it's, it can be fun. This is another one of those things that I feel like it can be a fun yeah. way. Like, like dressing. Um, what's yeah. That, who's that woman that does the dressing your truth or? Oh, I don't even. What don't is even her name? I can't remember her name, but she's kind of a, a thing in the, yeah. in the LDS community right now. But yeah, she is this woman. She talks about kind of the psychology around what we wear oh, and like like analyzing your personality and dressing in a way that really reflects. How you feel internally, yeah. dressing outwardly how you feel internally, and I feel like oh, hair can cool. kind of do the yeah. same thing. Yeah, you know, it can be fun. So can it's be. I don't want to totally downplay it. Like, no, oh, hair is silly and frivolous, right? And right, no, superficial. Because I think yeah. it can really, yeah, can, it can add another element of our, you know, it can share another element of our personality. Of our personality. I love. Yeah, we can use it that way. I love yeah. that. Yeah, we can use it. That yeah, way. it's a tool. It's a tool. It's a tool. <laughs> it's a tool. Okay, so I'm, I'm so sorry. What? What were we talking about? Oh, uh, well, we kind of finished, I think. I where, think. Where you asked, you just asked what, what yeah, the journey you know, through the that. journey and like what, what would I have wanted my eight year old, my 14 yeah. year old to know? Yeah. And like what really has helped right. me? Okay. So one of the other things when I, uh, when I met you that, um, really touched me about you was, was your story of loss mm-hmm. and, and how much you really had been through. And I, I really believe that as women, we don't, um, we don't first of all, share stories enough, um, in, in vulnerable ways, but also we don't, I just, I just think that if you asked any woman her story, she could bring, she could tell you a story that would bring you to your knees. Mm-hmm. We're all heroes. Mm-hmm. And, and I really, I really believe that about women, that we don't give each other enough credit for the heroes that we are. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I've heard enough of your story that you are one of my heroes mm-hmm. that way. So if you could take a minute to, to share about some things you've overcome um, in your life that way and, and what helped you through and, and a little bit about your story. Sure. So <clears throat> I married really young, like I said, and I wasn't intending to have babies really soon. I was never one of those women or girls that was like, I just want to get married and I just want to have babies. Like, right. honestly, I didn't really think that much about it. In fact, it surprised me that I married so young. I had lots of plans to do lots of things, mm-hmm. and um, mar- I don't. I wouldn't say that marriage always stops that. I've seen lots of young women get married young and, and continue doing all the things that they wanted to do. Right, and there's um, great opportunities. That and there's we didn't great have opportunities we... that we didn't have. Right. That's true. Right. Um, so, and I, so I'm not going to bash on getting married young. I learned a lot about myself. I think that getting married young taught me some things. It sort of sped up for me my personal life curriculum Mm -hmm. of what I needed to learn. I think that was the experience that, one of the experiences um, that has really shaped me. So I was married young, um, didn't intend on having babies really very quickly, but I became pregnant fairly quickly. You know, it was a surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we'd been married maybe a year. And I was like shocked. Like I had all these plans. I was in school. I was a dance major. You know, it's one thing to be, an English major and be pregnant, right, but right. to be a dance major, it's different. It changes yeah. some things, right? So, um, I was, I, I, I shouldn't say I hate to admit, but I was a little bit ambivalent about what that was going to look like. Mm-hmm. I was like, what can I do this? Can I yeah. be a mom and, and be a dancer? And at that time I was also dancing with some local dance companies, you know, professionally. And I just, I was a little, it, there was part of me that was a little bit devastated because my future was going to look different than how yeah. I thought. 
I didn't have very many examples of what it looked like to be a dancer or be a professional woman and have a baby. I didn't know how to do it. My mom had done it somewhat. She had always worked. Um, she has a master's degree in math. I mean, and she, wow. she went to college when most women weren't even going to forget an undergrad, much less get a master's, yeah. much less in math. That just isn't something that happened yeah. much for, her, for my mother's generation. She's almost to 80, um, 80 years old, I should say. So um, I had seen her do it. She had done some juggling, but it wasn't... I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I, my mother was older when she had me. She was okay. 40 when she had me. So by the time I saw her working and, and I'm the last child of four. So she, I, she didn't have babies around when I was right. growing up. We'll just say that to, to make it sure. <laughs> my mother didn't have babies when she was working mm -hmm. that I saw. She did when she was younger, but right. so, um, where was I going with this? Really just, I, I was really scared to be honest. I ended up miscarrying. I think I was 13 weeks along and I was more devastated than I anticipated because I had been so like, oh my gosh, this is totally changing my plan. My whole college career is turned on its head. And I, and, but then I got excited and then I was like, okay, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to have a baby and I'm going to be the best dang mom that I knew how to be. And then I miscarried and I was just devastated. And so my coping mechanism at that point was just to just throw myself back into school and, and working. I was teaching, um, you know, at a dance studio by that point. And I just got real, I think it, I don't want to say it traumatized me. That maybe is a little strong of a word for that experience, but it just made me not want to experience that again. Yeah. So I'm not going to have kids for a long time. And so we waited. We didn't even try to have kids for probably, um, and think how old I was maybe four or five more years and then when we did try I had another miscarriage and then it was like is this a thing for me like can I get pregnant like what and like keep a pregnancy we did end up getting pregnant again with our oldest um, and I had a totally healthy pregnancy I had a lovely um, experience being pregnant and and having and having my my baby I felt really empowered in that experience also too, through those years, um, I had been struggling with an eating disorder um, on and off during those years of my 20s when I was dancing professionally and I felt a lot of um, responsibility to look a certain way. Um, whenever I got pregnant, I, it was like I, I cut that cold turkey, you know, I would nourish my body really well when I was pregnant. So interestingly enough, being pregnant really pushed me to be my best self and nourish my baby in the best way I knew how. And so interestingly enough, when I got pregnant that third time with, with our oldest, I was like, this is it. I'm going to treat my body well, and I'm not just going to do it for my child. I'm going to do it for me. And so being pregnant that time was really um, healing in a lot of ways. I had It just was empowering. It just was empowering. I chose to have a home birth, which for me was really a, the right decision for me. I know it's not for everyone, but it, it helped me really connect with my body really step into my body of like recognizing the amazing miracle that it was to grow a human being in my body um bring that baby forth it just was miraculous to yeah. me so i had a really good experience with that and to do it in a setting that i felt really safe in mm -hmm. safe and supported in um, my, my, my kid's dad, my, my two older kid's dad was really great at supporting me in that whole experience. He was very supportive of my choices as a woman, um, to have my baby in a, in that setting. And, and, um, it just was a really beautiful experience. So I had him, um, and when he was about, I'm trying to think how old he was when I became pregnant with my twins. I want to say he was, was he nine months old? He was really young and it was a surprise. I was nursing him and like maybe this is TMI but hadn't like had a cycle like oh like, yeah like fully and so it was and he was old enough that like I should have been more careful but like <laughs> I was like I don't have a cycle like whatever <laughs> anyway so we got pregnant and um and I was like whoa this is quick my baby's nine months old I think he was nine months old maybe he was eight but I can't remember but anyway um it was, I, again, I was like, well, we're doing this. I'm a mom. I already have one. Might as well add two more. And I um, got so excited uh, to have another baby. At 14 weeks, we found out it was twins. Um, and it just, I had actually had a little bit of bleeding. 
I went in for an ultrasound and 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 they said you're not having a miscarriage you're having twins and I just was like immediately I'm crying and I'm yeah. so excited and just like immediately feeling so connected to these little spirits that I knew were with me I had sensed like even early on in that pregnancy um, I'm not sure how far along I was with Morris when I really felt him kick I feel like maybe he was like I was like 17 weeks along but I had been feeling this baby move like right before I had the bleeding I had felt like flutters that's the only way I could describe it little yeah. like butterfly flutters and so I was feeling connected to this pregnancy and then when um, when we found out it was twins I just I don't know I just connected so quickly and deeply not only to the pregnancy but to, to these individual spirits I really sensed them in my space that's the only way I can describe it it's kind of like um, well I just really sensed them with me and I started journaling a lot and really just paying attention and tuning tuning in to that whole pregnancy. I feel like I just, I lived every day in the moment. I really was mindful and present in that, in that pregnancy. Um, when I was about 16 weeks along, I started having some like premonitions. Um, just like had this sense that some, something wasn't quite right. And I went into an, a doctor. I had had a midwife when I first was pregnant, but then when we found out it was twins, I transferred my care. I was with a, an OB. And I felt like something wasn't right. And I would call and make an appointment. And they were like, well, this is different. This isn't a singleton pregnancy. You're going to feel different. Like it's, it's normal. Don't worry about it. And which I appreciated. I, I don't want to, I didn't want to be scared my whole pregnancy. Right. You know, they were very, um, I felt like they said what they what I was supposed to hear is don't worry and enjoy your pregnancy yeah. And so I did my very best to enjoy my pregnancy, but I kept having these thoughts and I had some dreams some premonitions some dreams um, I won't get into all of them because I had several but I had dreams that something wasn't right I even had one dream that my babies died and I and I couldn't explain it because every time I went in and, and so they ended up running I pushed them. I said will you run every test you can run because I need to know that things yeah. are okay. And they did, and they, and they were like, you're like the healthiest twin mom. Like, <laughs> these babies are so healthy. Like, don't even worry about it, which again, I'm grateful for, because it really helped me to, to stay, to not be in a place of yeah. fear. Um, but there was one experience, and I can't, I don't know, I can't remember exactly how long it was before they were born, but I was walking outside, I was pushing my one-year-old, he was around one years old, uh, around the neighborhood we were going on a walk and it was kind of it was like it was like monsoon season kind of it was the Arizona monsoon so dark skies and um but it wasn't raining it just was kind of dark and gray which I actually really love that kind of weather yeah yeah um maybe kind of a moody person so I just <laughs> love I don't know I love it being from Arizona we yeah love we love the rain <laughs> I don't even get it. exactly so we were I just I was like oh it's beautiful outside I want to go walk around so we started walking around the neighborhood and it was before the times that cell phones were like you had a camera on your cell phone. Yeah. That's just as telling you how old I am. But <laughs> <laughs> so I had gotten in the habit of carrying a little one of those little cameras around um, with me everywhere because my one year old was starting to do things and I wanted to capture it on film. And so I carried it everywhere with me. And so I had taken this camera on a walk and we were walking down the street and I looked up at the sky and I can't even explain what the experience was for me. But it was, it's a moment I'll never forget. I looked up at the sky, this beautiful, dark, like swirling clouds. I mean, like the wind was going and they were moving fast enough. They were literally like swirling above my head. And I had this impression. It was like this exquisite grief. That's the only way I can talk. It was like this beautiful, dark moment. And I had this feeling that I was going to experience a really deep grief soon. And that I needed to prepare myself and I needed to be ready, and I needed to connect with God. And I, I was like, why, where does that come from? Like, where is this coming from? And I looked up and I felt that the sky was communicating something to me, the clouds, the, the way the clouds were swirling. And I grabbed my camera and I took a picture of it. It was like, I needed to remember, I needed to capture this moment, and I needed to remember exactly how I felt in that moment, and I felt, it was just this beautiful moment. I, I wish I had better words. I wish I was better with words, but, and I just, I walked home and I was like, that was weird. What was that? That was interesting. 
Um, but I was grateful for that moment. I just, it didn't quite make sense yet to me, but it, it was special. I knew I, I knew I needed that for some reason. And um, I don't, again, I don't even remember what day that was, but I, within, it was probably within two months, a month maybe, that one morning or one night, I'll, I'll start the night before we were born, I just had this mood come over me. It was kind of that dark mood again. And I'm, like I said, with, with my first, I was very, I didn't experience any sort of depression or anything during my pregnancy or, or really after. In fact, I was, after my first pregnancy, I was like on cloud nine. I was like on this high after he was born. I was like, wow, I was hoping I wouldn't get postpartum depression because I had had depression throughout my life, like at various points. So I was a little nervous after I had my first and my, you know, I have some relatives that had experienced postpartum depression. And after my first, I was just like on cloud nine. And so um, I didn't expect any sort of, you know, depression or anything like that. And I was just had this really sad mood. And we, you know, I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I want to watch some happy shows. Like I need to like lift myself up. Like I don't, I'm in a weird mood. And I was kind of resisting this. And I had this weird feeling of like lean into it, lean into it. Didn't make sense, but I was like, that's weird. But I ignored it. <laughs> I was like, let's watch some funny shows. And I remember we put on The Office mm -hmm. and normally that show would just crack me up. And I like, I could not laugh. Like I was just like in this, you know, like nothing's funny to me. And after I think probably two episodes of like The Office and then some other funny show that was on, I was like, eh, I'm going to bed. Like I'm, I'm not going to shake this mood and I don't, I don't want to deal with it right now. So I'm going to bed. And I went to bed like pretty early. It was like maybe 8.30 and I woke up in the middle of the night like midnight maybe to the sound of a train in my neighborhood which I actually I'm actually living in the same neighborhood now that I lived oh. then like two streets over from where I was living I recently moved into a home and anyway so I hear this train still sometimes if I'm up late working or whatever um, but I heard this train it was probably midnight or maybe one in the morning I woke up and I wasn't even fully awake I was like half awake and I heard the train and it, and it like brought me to the present of like you're awake now I knew I was awake but I had this, it was like a surreal impression again, that I was going to go through something really hard and I needed to just, that it was, that was how it was supposed to be, that I needed to accept it and like even embrace it. And, um, and I fell back asleep and the next morning I woke up and I still had this funky mood going on really sad. And I called my friend who's a midwife. And I said, what does this mean? Because she's very, as a midwife, midwives are very, an appointment with a midwife is very different from an obstetrician. You talk about how you're feeling, what your pregnancy, like what kinds of emotions are coming up from you and, you know, in your pregnancy, because the look at the, the idea is to look at the whole woman, not just what is her body doing when she's pregnant, but what is going on in her life? Because it's a transformative, pregnancy is a transformative experience. That, that's the lens that the midwifery model of care is, um, to really look at the whole woman. And so I called this friend and I said, um, you know, my doctor, whenever I bring up my my concerns, you know, they're always like, Be, you're fine, just yeah. enjoy this pregnancy, which I appreciate on one hand, I appreciate, but I also wanted to be heard. So I called this friend of mine and I said, I'm really sad, I can't shake this. It's going on two days. And she's like, well, what's going on with your body? And I'm like, nothing, like I'm not, nothing. I'm fine. Like I don't, but I'm just so sad. My heart is so heavy. And she's like, she really listened. And she said, you know, I listen to mothers when they say this, I listen to them and I want you to be seen. And I want you to be seen by a friend of mine who's a perinatologist. So they specialize on, you know, in, in, uh, I guess like high risk babies, you might say. And she said, I'm going to, I'm going to call her and I'm going to see if she can get you in. Cause I want you to have a doctor who's really going to hear you. And I know that she'll really hear you. And she said, I'll call you right back. So I hung up the phone and, um, three minutes later, I mean, right away, she called me right wow. back. She said, you know what? She's actually going on a lunch break soon. And she said, she wants to see you. And it was just at the hospital, maybe five minutes down the road. I'm trying to think how far desert banner desert is, but. She said, um, she's, she wants to see you. She's going to be on her lunch break, so hurry, get over there wow. and pack a bag quickly in case you need to stay. Like, like why would she say that? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was weird yeah. even that she said that. And I think she recommended, she said, just pack a bag, throw some things in a bag. Yeah. And, 
And so I started doing that. I threw a few things in a bag. And as soon as I was done packing the bag, I dropped to my knees with contractions, which I had not had anything wow. prior to that. I dropped to my knees and it was zero to 60. It was like, I felt like I was ready to push, like the wow. like in transition contractions. And I was just like, where is this coming from? And it was like, my body was waiting for me, I think to be heard. Yeah. And I, I crawled, literally crawled from the closet. The closet was across the room. I crawled to my bed. My phone had been on my bed and I called my husband. He wasn't, he wasn't at home. I said, you need to get home and I need to get to the hospital. And he said, do I call an ambulance? I said, I don't, he was just around the corner. I said, I don't think I have time to wait for an ambulance. Wow. Get here now. And he rushed home and basically carried me into the car. And he didn't, like, this was so blindsided. I had had nothing. So he didn't really quite understand yeah. what the, the gravity or like what I was really feeling. Right. And I didn't say much. I just said, get here now. We're leaving now. We need to leave now. And so he got home and I was like, I can't walk. Like he basically was helping me to the, to the van or the, what was I in? I had a. SUV at the time and you know he's driving fast and I don't even remember what the conversation was he was like talking about something like well um something next week I don't remember and I was like we can't talk about next week this moment right now is like this could change our lives yeah. this is this is a thing right now this moment I'm not talking about next week I if I have these babies they will not live I was 23 weeks along and um, yeah, I think he said something like, well, you know, are you sure you can't wait for your appointment with the doctor? I was like, no, I can't yeah. wait like this moment. Anyway, um, we got to the hospital, they opened the door, at, he opened the door to the, to the SUV, to the Explorer, and my water broke right then on the seat. And I knew, I knew it was like, that was it. Yeah. They got a wheelchair, you know, had me get in the wheelchair and oh, you pregnant like the, and I was big because it was twins right so they the nurses thought, thought I was full term. term yeah they thought I was full term and they were all excited yeah. you know wheeling me into the maternity ward oh she's having her baby and everyone was like congratulating me and I'm bawling because I know yeah. I remember driving in you know we were like I'm like go as fast as you can he was like flying through that uh, hospital parking lot but I remember turning the corner and looking up at the sky and thinking this is the day I'm having my baby and this is the day my baby will die. Like I just knew. It was a weird, surreal, like, this is what it's like to be the, the mother of a child who's died. Like I already knew, like I was already experiencing yeah. it. Um, they wheeled me in and I said, I just looked at the nurse and I said, it's twins and I'm 23 weeks along. This isn't good. Yeah. I, like, that's all I said, I just yeah. like cut to the chase. And she's like, okay, they wheeled me into the first room right off the maternity ward, um, just because they, I said, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm, like they're right there, I'm ready to push. I'm yeah. feeling like I need boop, which yeah. means they're right there. And they helped me up on the bed and the, you know, the doctor on call came in and, and she looked at me and she, she just kind of shook her head and I said, I know. Yeah. And she took my face in her hands and she said, we know these babies won't live. I know. I think I've known it. I think I've known it. I didn't know that I knew it, but I knew it. Yeah. And um, she said, you know, we can try. We can try to, you know, keep them breathing and their hearts beating. And but I don't. I don't think that's what you want. Like she knew this doctor. To her credit, like read me like a book. Just wow. in a second, she knew. I. I didn't want them hooked up to wires and whatever. Right. She said, Do you want that time with your babies? And I said, yes, I want every moment, every second. And so they put them right on my chest immediately. And, I, and they let me hear their heartbeats, wow. you know, with the little stethoscope. Yeah. And we just had some really beautiful moments. And my, my poor husband at the time was just blindsided. He didn't, he hadn't had these premonitions. Right. He didn't have the connection that I had with them. Yeah. And so he was just blindsided. I mean, I was too, to some degree, but um, he was just a mess. I mean, yeah. and he... Yeah, to his credit, he um, he was very sensitive. He made all the calls to family, you know. Yeah. After they, you know, we just had minutes with them. Really, they both lived under an hour. Um, and then I started hemorrhaging. Um, they couldn't stop the bleeding, and I passed out. And so they wheeled me back into the emergency room because I, I was losing a lot of blood. Um, 
And so he actually held them. He actually was the one holding them when they died because um, his eye was ruled out. Yeah. And those moments changed me in, in ways that I never would have anticipated. It's weird to say that growing up, I kind of always wondered if I would lose a child. There was some kind of knowing that I had. My mother lost a baby. She carried a baby um, full term. And then he, he died just like the day before he was born. They figured he was born still. And my brother and sister-in-law lost a baby. They carried a baby full term and same thing. Um, died just the day before he was born. And I think I kind of always knew I was in that club, yeah. oddly. I kind of knew that I would experience that. Um, and it's, it's a journey. It's taught me things that I just never thought I would need to learn. Um, but loss changes us, it shapes us. I mean, as any life experience does, but, but I think it has, has helped me to make the effort to be more present, that every moment counts. And I mean, I don't say that to shame. I know that there's a lot of you know, women who are feeling frazzled and busy and they're doing all the things that they need to do. We right. as women have to keep a household right. running and often we're working or we're in school or we're, you know, and yeah. so when I say, you know, savor the moment, I don't mean like you need to appreciate that dirty diaper that you're going to change. Right. Like, right. I don't mean it like that because I definitely have moments where I'm just like, I am at my wit's end. But it's taught me to slow down, to make space to slow down. Mm-hmm. So every night, you know, I spend time snuggling with my kids even when I've got homework to do or a client that I need to prepare for or whatever, I know that I will regret if something happens to my child tomorrow, mm-hmm. if I didn't spend that time connecting with them. So I'm, I'm, I, I really am watchful and I try, I don't do it perfectly, but I try to pay attention to when there's needs for time with me. Yeah. Um, not only with my kids, with my husband too, mm-hmm. but, um, and trying to listen more I'm trying to listen more. Um, there was a moment where, so after I had, you know, after my twins had died, um, in our in our church, there's kind of a, what do you call it? It's a, I don't want to call it a system, uh, of visiting with other women. Oh, yeah. So um, everyone kind of has a woman that they're connected to and that they just check in on every month. Like, how are you doing? Do you have any needs? How can I be your friend? How can I support you? Mm-hmm. And one of the women that I, funny enough, I was supposed to be her service woman. I was supposed to be helping her. This sweet older woman, um, I think she was almost 90. This sweet old woman who had lost children. She had lost, a, I think, a two-year-old and, a, and an older, oh, wow. a, a two-year-old daughter and then I think a 17-year-old son or something. I think she had um, lost an older son. And so I went to go visit with her one day I made the appointment to go diligently serve her. to go serve her. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, our relief study president was definitely inspired to put me with her. Um, it's a sweet old woman and I and I asked her, I said, does it ever go away? Do you ever just like forget or uh, not feel this heaviness? And I said, I just had them for moments. How can I be grieving like this? How can I feel such loss when I never had them? And um, she said, you will grieve all the moments that you didn't get. That's what you're grieving. When I lost my two-year-old, I felt much like that. I only had her for two years. But when all the kids her age went to school, and then when all of them graduated elementary school, when all of them graduated high school, when all of her what would have been her friends, her age group got married. And when they did all these things, every milestone you will grieve. And when I lost my 17 year old, I missed his shoes in the front room. I missed him sitting at the kitchen table doing his homework. I missed him going on a mission or getting married. All those things, I missed those things. But she said, it's, it, it will soften your grief will soften you and it will change you and that's good let it do that to you that's part of your journey embrace it don't let it harden you because it's really easy in any of our difficult life stuff yeah it's easy to think why me yeah 
it's easy to think, oh, why do I have it so hard? Why? It's easy to get angry at God. It's easy to get angry at God. Why is this my path? Why? Right. Why? Why do I get this basket of crap? Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, it's easy to go there, and and I, I have been there. Yeah. I'm not saying I haven't gone there. Yeah. But she taught me some really important things, and I said. This is a weird question to ask, but because comments had been made to me after I lost them, um, things people just don't know. They just don't they're know. Trying they're so trying hard, so hard to say the right thing. To say the right thing, but they're saying things like, "Well, at least they weren't older. That would be harder." Oh no! At least, at least, um, you know. I remember one one sweet, well-intending woman looked at my one-year-old playing in the corner and saying. Don't you think it would be harder to lose him? Oh. And I looked at her like she had three heads. I was like, uh, can you pick one of your children to lose? Right. Right. Can you pick one child that maybe doesn't mean as much to you that would be easier? Um, and I also want to just say, I, I, I do hold sacred the moments that my babies breathe, the moments that they were here with me alive. But really, they were alive in my belly. Any woman who has carried a baby and maybe miscarried or lost, you know, maybe like my mother or my, my brother and sister-in-law who lost babies who they never breathed a breath of air, but they were alive in their womb. And um, so I don't ever mean to compare. I never compare my loss of like, well, my babies were alive. Right. Or, you know what I mean? Because right. that comparing thing... No, it gets dangerous, no. and it gets—it's not healthy. It's not—it's not good. But and I, and I had some kids, and, and and all their personalities were different yeah. in my womb. I, yeah. I mean, I could tell you, and they yeah. still have those little personalities. Oh yeah! Oh yes, 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 yes! Right? Absolutely. I, and the same thing. Yeah. I, I, as mothers, we we get to know those babies, and right. probably the more babies you have, the more you recognize the differences in the womb. Yeah. But even just with my my four, right? right. Um, Five now. Yeah, five now. Five now. No, I'm thinking Good four. One. Wait a minute. Yeah, wait a second. I've got <laughs> Mo and Sheldon and Thomas and Daniel and no, this guy. Um, but yeah, every pregnancy, every baby. Yeah. And and I can even say in that twin pregnancy, I felt they were different on each side. Wow. One was a mover. Yeah. Thomas was funky. Right. He was moving all the time. And, and Sheldon, I just had this sense that he had this like really chill energy. Yeah. Like his dad. He was just kind of relaxed. Yeah. Roll with it, kind yeah. of thing. So, um, anyway, I she oh, so one of the questions I asked her this, this sweet old wise woman, she's one of the wise women in my life. Um, I said, I said, do you was one loss harder than the other? Because someone had said to me, don't you think it would have been harder? Right, you know. And I wonder, I really thought about that. I thought, would it have been? Am I making a big deal out of nothing? Isn't that weird that oh, I questioned yeah, myself? Yeah. Should I just move on? Yeah. Am I weird for grieving this hard? I grieved hard. Yeah. I grieved deeply for a year. I hardly left my house. And I'm not saying that that's the right way to grieve. But that was, but it, how you it knocked me down. It was yeah. how I grieved. And I asked her, I said, was one of your losses harder than the other? Basically, I was essentially saying, was your older child harder because right. you had them longer? Yeah. And she just looked at me and she said, a child is a child yeah. and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they died in the womb, if they yeah. breathed 10 breaths, right. if they breathed 10 years, 20 years, it does not matter. We grieve what we grieve. We grieve whatever our loss is. So like yeah. I said, for me, I grieve and I still grieve. All the things that I, all the moments that I don't have. I remember bumping into this woman at a park. We, it was a woman I hadn't seen in like 10 years. We had gone to high school together and um, she was pushing her little girl on the swing. And I said, it was right before school started. And I said, oh, how old is she? When is she born? And she was born like three days before my twins were born. And she said, and she's going to kindergarten. And this friend, we hadn't spoken in years, so she never even knew. She didn't even oh, know yeah. that I had lost babies. And that's not really what I lead with in a conversation. Right. <laughs> Oh, I lost babies five years ago. Like, right. how are you? Right. Um, but I, I, it just, it caught my breath. It was like a sucker punch in the stomach. Like, oh, they would be going to school next week. They would be going to kindergarten. And, and I, I feel bad to this day. She doesn't know. Yeah. But I just got really quiet and I tried to keep up the conversation and be right. happy and act like nothing. But that moment, it was really hard. Yeah. It was like a moment of me realizing, oh, yeah. 
that I lost, I lost them. So I don't know if this is what you were no, looking for. No, this, this is this, this it's is beautiful. Some, and you said something um, that touched me. You said um, that moment that you're looking at the sky. You said, "Sorry, it's tender to talk about." Um, you said, "There's beauty in grief," mm -hmm. and and maybe if you could expound on that a little bit, because I run from many negative emotions. Oh, I mean, no. I'll eat a whole four chocolate cakes yeah. before I feel. <laughs> I will watch. All stuff the seasons down. of Office, you Just know. Just it down. Don't right? read these are the messages. Watch all the get. watch all the funny yeah. movies. Like uh, no. anything, anything but feel anything that grief. Feel that. And and you talked about these feelings. Like I need to live it, lean into it, and mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. and the beauty in the grief. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to believe you. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that facetiously. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I try to believe myself some days. Like, what, remember Emily, that thing that you said right. that you know is true. Right. I mean, I do. I believe. Live it now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What is? How does that actually look right. in my life? Um. Oh man, taking those moments and just breathing into it and saying, "This is hard, and it's okay. I can feel this. I am strong enough to feel this." So just like, I liken my labors a lot to life. My baby, you know, mm -hmm. birthing my babies yeah. feels a lot like life. I feel like when I'm in labor and I'm in the thick of it and it's just those rushes are coming so intensely, so hard. And you can't even, I, I'm, a, I'm a moaner and an eye closer in birth. It's like I close my eyes, I don't open them for like an hour and I'm moaning and I'm feeling every bit of it. Um, and I'm seeing inward. I close my eyes, I think, because I, I can't see outward. It's too much stimulation. I'm seeing inward. I'm looking at who I am and where I stand and the strength that I have. And I'm birthing my babies. And this is how I live. This is how I have to walk through the world. Is I have to close my eyes sometimes so that I can see. And, wow. and grieving is the part of the journey where I am, the part of the labor where I am moaning and I am, I can't even, I can't even see or talk to anyone or do anything but feel because there's only one way to get my baby in my arms. There's only one way for me to live my life in a way that I'm supposed to live it and be who I'm supposed to be. And that's to feel the grief. And interestingly enough, um, it's helped me get to know them, my babies, Sheldon and Thomas. It's helped me connect with them. The part of my birth experience and their birth um, of my five, you know, so I've had five babies without um, any medication. And that's not me patting myself on the back. That's just... Can I pat you on that the back? Because the first thing I say is, I need an ep I'm here, and I need an epidural, please. And that, that is a valid experience, too. I get that. So I pat you on the back no, because I no, really... No, there's, there's something about that experience that I have needed that has um, helped me to, I don't know, to find my feet, to, to feel my weight on this planet in a way. Because pushing out a baby is heavy. Anyway, this metaphor of birth being like how I live, um, the pushing stage is kind of like grief for me. It just feels like a lot of pushing. Like I just have to, and I can't be pushing. I need to maybe explore this metaphor a little bit. Because well, it sounds I, like you're working, you're recognizing your body's I'm, need. Yeah. And yeah. you're working with it instead of fighting working it. Working with it. That's key. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of it. Working with it, working with the contractions or the surges and letting it, letting it, um, well, birth the situation, right. birth whatever I'm grieving, birth, I don't know, maybe that doesn't make sense. No, it does, and I'll tell you why, because, so my, my births are interesting in that I stall until I get the epidural and I get out of pain, and as soon as I'm out of pain, hmm. I, I mean, I really have not pushed more than 10 minutes in yeah. all seven pregnancies, yeah. but it's because I fight pain so much mm -hmm. that my body stalls. I can't, I fight the pain. Mm -hmm. And so your metaphor of leaning into it and working mm -hmm. with your body 
So, I mean, I've, you know, I've had a couple back surgeries. I'm sitting here and I'm in a lot of back pain. Oh. I threw my back, mm. but I fight the pain. Mm. I don't lean into it and honor it mm. in a way. And so I, I love what you're saying. And, and the truth is, if I had another baby, I'd probably have an epidural. But... <laughs> And honoring. I think every birth is unique, right. and our births teach us what we need. Yeah. And so I, there's no. Judgment. But I think I there's. Think that, yeah. So yeah, let's just say that you're you're recognizing in yourself. I have a tendency to want to run from it, or yeah, to not just feel it. get out of the pain, no matter what, what. you know. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm learning from this metaphor, and I'm honoring mm -hmm. it, and and um to to. Close my eyes. This is going to become part of my daily practice now to close my eyes to see mm -hmm. and to see really how strong I am. Yeah. Yeah. And really my ability yeah. to do what my body came here to do yeah. and really to stop looking at what the world is telling me about it, but to close my eyes and really see. Mm -hmm. And I, and I love that. And so your metaphor is meaning mm, something deeply so to me, actually. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to, I like, no, I kind of have said this, like, yeah, birth is like life, but I really want to sit down and like write about it yeah. more because I think there's a lot there for me too, in my births, especially with this one, I really felt connected to the divine feminine. I really felt my heavenly mother there with wow. me in the room, gently encouraging wow. me, you can do this. Yeah. You can do this. Keep breathing. Yeah. Keep breathing. Keep breathing. I, I feel a connection to my grandmothers mm. that have passed mm. away. Yeah. In, in, in many of my trials. Mm. And, and interesting to me that some of my struggles are similar to what some of theirs mm. were. And I, and I feel them cheering me on. I have this belief, and maybe you do too. It sounds like maybe you're you're open to that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, that there's this there's generational patterns, and each generation, it's like we have a different. What is it? A different. I don't want to say task. That makes it sound trivial. But a I different calling. A different calling. Maybe in healing part of these generational wounds, or yeah. or coming forth, bringing forth strengths that were in our grandmothers and our grandmothers' yeah. grandmothers yes. that are is in their DNA. Yeah. I I have traits, personality traits mm -hmm. that are my grandmothers to the T. Right? That it's like we are who we are. Right. I would have been like that if I had been adopted. Yeah. I would still be like my these grandmothers that I that you know. And there's a reason. I I have a lot of friends who and I feel very connected to adopt adoption. Um, I, yeah. I, anyway, I won't get into that, but I have many friends who have adopted and it's interesting to, to talk with them, especially the ones who have open adoptions where they get oh, to right. know the family right? and that they feel so connected. It's like they're adopting each other, yeah. like the whole family of like, there's some really interesting, it's really beautiful, beautiful to watch. Yeah. Right. Very beautiful. Yeah. So I like, like this baby who they've adopted into their family they're bringing with them all of these beautiful things from another family. Yeah. They're gifting your family yeah. with all of it. Anyway, I yeah. can talk forever about that stuff. I Birth and all I, of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But there is a connection. Yeah. There, and and, and I, I wanted to say, too, about the grief, that it, um, it allows us to do something for other women, mm -hmm. like that woman did for you. Mm -hmm. That if we... If we cannot be real with ourselves mm -hmm. about mom shame, body shame, grief, mm -hmm. loss, and how can how can we help each other? How can we help other women? But but like you said, to lean into the grief and to see the beauty in the grief. If we can see the beauty in overcoming all those things that we're trying to overcome, to see the beauty in the struggle yeah. of it, to see the beauty in the struggle. And here's the thing. I hate struggle. Oh. And I've talked about this before. No one loves a struggle. Right? Like, <laughs> this is how I think struggle should look. Yeah. Like yeah. the Rocky theme song in the background yeah. and fireworks and glitter oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But this is what struggle looks like for me. Yeah. Mud and blood and just tears. And yeah. it's ugly. It's yeah. ugly. It's Victory is not pretty for me. Yeah. I don't know where the glitter is. I, there should be there glitter. There should be glitter. There should be glitter and fireworks, but it is not. I mean, like, it, it is me crawling up the stairs, not to the thing. And for me, there's a lot of snot and tears. Yes. Snot and yes. hair in my face. Victory is 
Not like in the movies where like the girl is like dressed like in in a boxing outfit and her hair right. is like, perfectly in a right. ponytail and right. the sweat is more like glistening. Yes. It's not like that. No, no, me. it's not. It's not, and it should be. It, it should, should be. be, but right. But but how can how can we help each other out of the blood, the mud, the tears, mm -hmm. the if we're insisting that our life victories do look like glitter? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and and I kind of referred to this earlier, and I don't mean to throw a negative spin on it. We need to quit pulling each other down. Yes, yes, you did refer to that earlier. I don't mean to, I'm not focusing on that because I want to believe that's not the majority. But I, I don't think, think it's on purpose. Though. I don't think it's on purpose. I don't think it's on purpose. I don't think it's on purpose. I agree with I you. I think it's, you're making me uncomfortable. Uh, Get back down it. to my comfort That is zone. it, that is it. In fact, I won't go into details, but there was a situation in my family um, just this last week. I where want you to go I, into details, but you don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> well, I only tell my story, and this okay. if I were to go into details, you would tell someone else's story. Okay, someone else's story, you. but right. but um, that's fair, and I honor that. By yeah. The way. So, but I I think what you're saying it's not intentional. I think mm -hmm. it's when others are uncomfortable. Yeah, it's and, their fears, and I have to be. I have to have compassion for that, yeah. and I I'm sure that I've done it too unintentionally oh, yes. before. So this yes. is not me on my high horse saying. Oh, Right? These poor right. souls who don't yeah. understand. Don't pull me no. down when I'm climbing to victory, <laughs> right? No, I'm sure I've done my fair yeah. share of pulling. Yeah. And I'm not, I, I do right. not mean to right. you know, no. shame anyone. But I, I think um, in a lot of our families, in, all, in our culture, yeah. there, there are just patterns that are really hard to break out of. Yeah. And when someone is doing that, it it's scary to feel like, we feel, I, I, I will just speak to my own times that I'm sure I've done this. I think I felt like abandoned. Yeah. They're climbing out of the hole and I'm in this dark right. cave and I don't want to be alone. Right. And I'm miserable and I yeah. don't want to be alone and right. come back with me. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. And, and I've even, and this is funny, like that I, I have two things that I'm really trying to overcome um, right now. And, and one of them is my weight stuff. It's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open about, I, I'm actually not open at all about that because I have so much shame about it mm. to even say I need to lose weight. Mm. I don't know how to separate that to like, for my health, for the yeah. love of my body. Yeah, yeah, how could you reframe that? Yeah. I, I, I am seeking greater health. Yeah, I'm seeking greater health. And, and one of the, one of the side effects of greater health will be my body will work be, better. That you'll right? function. Yeah, yeah that it'll function, function better. better. Yeah. And so, so to even talk about that, like there's a lot of Facebook groups where they support each other and I can't even get on it because I can't even talk about it. And, and maybe that's because this, the spin is all about the numbers. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah that could be. I do know that I have friends that when I really am serious about my journey to health, they won't be the close friends that they are anymore. Oh, interesting. It's they, a filter. Yeah, and, and I, I will still love them, and I will still, but when our whole conversation is about what it's about, you know, and, and we joke yeah. about the weight, or we'll get, mm -hmm. I wish I was a gym rat, or sure. look at those women, you know, or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and I really am trying to work on being different than that, and I will, I relationships will, will change. Relationships will Absolutely, change. Absolutely, they have for me. Yeah. They have for me. I've, and I will mourn it because it's hard. Right. Yep. Yeah. And you don't want anyone to feel like, I think I'm better than you and I'm leaving no. this. Sorry. It's not that. It's, no. it's I just can't function to optimally right. when I'm having these kinds of conversations, yeah. when my energy is focused on on losing weight as opposed to, I'm really aiming for more health. health. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so... Uh, you know, and, and so maybe uh, maybe I don't have to look at leaving the com leaving the friendship, but just I can't talk about it this way. And you can invite you know? them along yeah. on your journey. Yeah, if you that's want. True. That's uh, true. I mean, I did that, and some friends choose to come with you, and some right. aren't ready, and that's okay. And that and it is absolutely one hundred percent okay. It is okay. And you are allowed to be where you are. Yep. Everyone is allowed yeah. to just be because there's a time where I wasn't ready. Right. You know, right. For sure. Today I might not be ready. Tomorrow yeah. I might be ready. And then the next yeah. day I might not be yeah. ready again. I mean, every time I'd be like, go and then retreat. And then right. retreat. That just might be how I yeah. am for okay. a while. And that's okay. Yeah. And it is okay. And and um and I'm grateful for women that can support, that can be okay with where I am. But yeah. I think the other thing is, is we change the, lang the language. And I, I don't know, I don't just mean the way we talk, but how we 
are choosing to embrace things and more maybe we're changing the energy around it more than yeah. the language and um and that does it, it scares people and sometimes it makes them look at themselves and they don't want to mm -hmm. and sometimes and, and but i am learning that just accept that just yeah. accept that and it doesn't mean i'm crazy but um but to be a but it is low it is a lonely journey it can be really a lot lonely. of times my husband's favorite thing is to talk about the hero journey the hero's mm -hmm. journey and how mm -hmm. we find i mean you know we watch lion king and he says okay mm -hmm. tell me about the hero's journey and that mm -hmm. and there is a point in that journey where we have to leave everything behind and decide to do it ourselves mm -hmm. and and um and one of my desires in courageous womanhood is to find the support there to say mm -hmm. you're really not alone mm -hmm. there there are women who have experienced loss who mm -hmm. love you they don't know you but they love you and they they feel what you feel you're mm -hmm. not alone in this grief mm -hmm. you're not alone in trying to find health you're not alone in overcoming body shame not alone in overcoming mom shame like we're just not alone in this. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the hugest, my yeah. hugest things is just to say yeah. we're not alone. We're not alone. And there are others out here looking, looking for that support mm -hmm. and for someone to share their story about grief mm -hmm. and overcoming disordered eating and stuff. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having Share me. That. Thank Emily you for Ruth. Having me. Emily Ruth on Instagram. <laughs> Emily Ruth underscore. Emily Ruth underscore. underscore. Yeah, there are underscore. lots of Emily Ruth. It's surprising to me how many Emily Ruths. Yeah. Reach out. I, uh, I I love to connect with with women who um, who feel connected to me. Who, yeah. You know, it just it it means a lot that 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 we can all be in this together and, right. and support each other. Right. Yeah. We're just not alone. Yeah. We're not alone. Okay, any parting words? Um, no, just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I know you're parting words for everyone. You do you, sister. You do you. But I'm excited for you in this journey. This just sounds really cool. I'm excited to see all the cool things that you do and all the all the rad women that I'm going to meet through your... Oh, my gosh. Um, is it an organization? What do we call this? I, right now, I'm just calling it a movement. Yeah. I just... Yeah. I, I just am so passionate that mm -hmm. women need to love and support each other and can yep. connect on a more vulnerable level so yep. we don't feel so alone in our journey. Yep. We just don't feel so alone. Yeah. Love so it. cool. Okay. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. For you. Me. Okay, I'm going to stop. Thank you for tuning in. Please like and subscribe. It helps our algorithms so we can be seen and heard.